Carly, did you listen to the new Mitski yet? No, I thought that was like tomorrow. It's on the 4th, but I'm sure you could probably listen to it if you wanted to. A true Mitski fan. I haven't fan. listened yet. Okay. Do you think it will improve upon Be the Cowboy by returning to her more acerbic uh, singer-songwriter roots? I'm going to be happy with whatever the results are. Okay, that's fun. <laughs> and that's my official statement to the press. I don't care what it is. Can <laughs> I tell Phoebe you one of my New Year's resolutions? Actually, oh. maybe my only New Year's resolution. What's that car? Lay it on me. I'm going tr- to try to educate myself better on music that predates like 2010. Well, there was this band called Oasis, and they're kind of like this. I other got band. them covered. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Well, then you're good. Yeah, I kind of feel like so too. But and then just know who David Bowie is, but never listen to him, and I think you'll be just done. Car. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. what? What? What are the holes in your musical knowledge that you want? Honestly, to? everything. I don't know anything at all. I don't think. Well, that's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but I'd like to. It's not for anyone else. It's for me, I swear. I know, but then you get into the Tucker method of listening to music where you don't actually enjoy music. You're just doing it because you feel like you should know what the music sounds like. And then that's not fun, Car. Yeah. I want to be more like you. i with my own taste as well. Well, there's plenty of music coming out, though. Yeah. I, think, I don't know. There's also something that feels less overwhelming about are you going to choose some stuff from the past and like trying to keep up with what's going on now. Man, I think you should just listen to good music no matter when it comes out, dude. (laughs) Because time is a piece of wax, Carly. Thunder. Yeah, thunder. (laughs) Um, Sometimes they play that new Radicals song at work, and that's all right. Which one? I don't know. Carly, I'll go and pull those on the window. (laughs) This is a movie podcast. Um, My name is Tucker. I think this might be kind of a loosey-goosey one because we're in the middle of our end-of-the-year thing and I don't remember the movies we're supposed to talk about, so we can just kind of take it easy and we don't even have to talk about movies, really. What else is going on in your world, Car? <laughs> uh, not that much. Oh, question for you. Uh-huh. So, Mother uh, lets me feast upon her chocolate-covered espresso beans at work and I had the thought, and I had the thought, and I ran this past some people I know, and they laughed in my face. But why, Carly? <laughs> Can I continue? <laughs> why, Carly, is it that they'll sell you chocolate-covered espresso beans, but then they don't use espresso beans in, like, other foods? It's like they they're do. not a food item. No, they'll, like, ground them up or something. Yeah. Give me, like, so a big, it's... fat espresso bean, dude. It's interesting when you say this. Thank you. Um, I and I'm shocked that mom didn't bring this up because okay. we experienced this cultural content together over <laughs> Christmas. We watched a New York Times cooking video mm-hmm. where there was a challenge to these two chefs to prepare a several course meal using coffee beans as an ingredient. Oh, lovely! And they had a similar thought. Which was, what if we treat these as beans? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, and it turned out horribly. Oh. So what happened, like, so to eat it, like, you could do it as, you know, a crunchy item. You don't have to humor which, me. I understand. Yeah, I think this is actually interesting. <laughs> okay. 
So you could use it as a crunchy item, which you're doing through like rubs and stuff for meats, and that's fine. No, 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 no. I know, no, no. So no, then no, no, they're no. like, okay, let's like cook this like we would cook a like dried pinto bean or something. So they put it in a pressure cooker with some water and they're like, okay, here we go. We'll see if this works. And what happened was number one, it like, I, I'm assuming they're just because there's maybe not as much protein or something. Like, I, I guess I don't know what like constitutes a coffee bean. Uh, it did not hydrate like at all. And what happened was all of the flavor got sucked out into the water, which makes sense because that's how you make coffee. So they had like a hard, chewy nothing. <laughs> it was well, the result of it. It seems like they were like, how can we screw this up? Well, how else would you do it? Use it like you would use nuts in a dessert. Nuts, I see. Well, yeah, I guess you could just like crush them up a little yes. bit and then toss them in with coffee. Sure, put that in the, what's the really good coffee ice cream The Caribou coffee no, no, stuff. No, 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 no. That's cheating. That's like that's like not <laughs> a good idea. That's like my idea. In that's the like worst not form. a good idea, Carly. It's <laughs> not what I'm talking about. That doesn't fit the spirit of what I'm talking about. But thank you. Okay. What if you're having like carrot cake, like num num num, and then you like crumble some like because crumble is something you can do with coffee beans, I'm sure, and you just kind of sprinkle mm. that on top. Well, I don't think that flavor combo would go particularly fine. Coffee is a gross flavor anyway, but it has a it has a psychological effect that makes you peppier, so you like it. So it doesn't matter. La Colombe. La Colombe. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by La Colombe. <laughs> Disgusting <laughs> coffee beverages in stores no. now. Yes. What's the worst food you could put coffee beans on? And then I will move on from this topic. Oh, okay. So, well... Actually, it might have been dad who was watching this with me. So I take back my mom's slander. Thank you. But um, one of the flavor combos that they tried out, which was strange, um, but apparently turned least. out really well, is they took a um, a pineapple and, you know, peeled it and then did a coffee salt crust, <laughs> which was like, um, you know, a ton of salt, I think some sugar, maybe and then a bunch of like coffee grounds and they put it and you create like a crust over the pineapple and they put it in the oven and then you take the salt crust off at the end. Um, and that seemed like it went well. Um, so that's, a, I guess, an example of a weird one that tastes good. I think something that would taste bad would be like pizza. Pizza would be weird unless you had like some toppings that were especially meant to taste good with the coffee. Bacon. Mm, I don't know about that. Carly, <laughs> don't get angry. And then you can like pour the grease from this pizza into your coffee. Oh Ooh, God! Yeah. Ooh, we're making magic happen on Pillows on the Windows, a movie podcast. Welcome, Carly. Thank you. Okay. Um, should we talk about movies? Yeah. Okay. What? Well, okay. We don't have to. What else is going on? No, in your let's world? do it. Uh, let's okay. do it. Okay. Um, because there's like there's other stuff going on. I've been doing a lot of crosswords. Okay. Are you up in the Wordle game, dude? Yeah, I'm playing Wordle. Oh, my God. Can you believe the New York Times bought Wordle? Yeah, that's... I mean, I'm... So, the way I'm playing crosswords is through the New York Times crosswords app. Mm -hmm. As we all do. I, guess, I check it every morning. Go on. <laughs> so, I'm down in the uh, universe of 
Your Times games. I think they're fun. My Did favorite s- one is Spelling Bee, where there's like <laughs> eight letters, maybe, and yeah. you all, and there's one in the middle, and you have to, you know, just make a bunch of words. All right, I respect it's what the you're... best one because if you get a certain score, it calls you amazing and then genius, which is really nice. Yes, yes, we all know. Uh, I respect what you're doing, Carly, but I feel like you're one step away from like adult coloring books. so what leave me alone because don't they have that one where you just connect dots and then it makes like a strawberry and it's like "Hmm." yeah i think that one is really stupid though like i do want something that makes my brain feel like it's doing something right coming up with words that fit a clue what's your favorite stupid game to play um boy car um, I try to like guess what time it is when I get out of the shower in the morning and I'm usually within about five minutes. <laughs> That's kind of fun, actually. <laughs> um uh <laughs> Kristen was like, Tell you, you take long showers, and I was like, Uh oh, do I like Carly, how long of a shower do you take? I'm getting real sh- personal here. Well, okay, so I've had a similar experience. Like I take short showers, I would say like Four to seven minutes. Jesus. But I've had other people tell me that I take long showers. Four minutes? Yeah, if I'm not like shaving my legs or anything. If it's just a shampoo and body wash, then it's quick. Christ. (laughs) No, I usually take like a 15 minute shower because you know what? Oh, really? That is long. You know what? I get up at 530 in the morning. So uh, if I just want to sit in warm water for a little bit, that is my prerogative. I pee in there, I poop in there, shave. No, that's okay. uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> no, really quick one thing. Yeah? Um, I just want to complain about this a little bit. My shower water is extremely unreliable. <laughs> and it's gotten less reliable over time. You live on the 200th floor of an apartment building. Of course <laughs> it's unreliable. It's got to pump that. But it wasn't that. that bad when I moved in. And, like, they said they were fixing some problems. And I think it made it worse. So, like, oftentimes <laughs> it'll be, I like, a hot, hot temperature. And it'll you be hot for, like, that. two minutes. And then it'll turn cold. And it's like, this is ruining my day. I just picture a guy coming in with a monkey wrench and he like turns one pipe, like a quarter <laughs> rotation. He's like, done. And now your shower is ruined. I took off, like I tried to fix it myself as well. And I like took it, you know, the like, what are you doing, Carly? Metal stuff off or whatever. The and flange? I felt like there was going to be a scary person living in my wall. So I had to. Put oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just like watching just an eye up to the hole. Yeah. I mean, really, it really felt. <laughs> Cara, I don't I don't know how your apartment building is laid up, but I would I would think that would be difficult to fit in there. But I'm sure it's been done. I hope so. We've all seen that movie that I can't think the name of. Oh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> it's the fifth Harry Potter movie. Daniel Radcliffe and friends return to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry to hang out in a room full of mirrors and shoot each other with wands. Carga, what did you Prophecies. think? Yeah. Um, I think this is better than I remembered and that you make it out to be. I think so too, but I still think it's bad. I don't think it's bad. I think it's I think it's overall fine with a few really good moments. Yeah, that's kind of Harry Potter in a nutshell, huh? No, the first one's so cute. I know, it's cute. Uh, yeah. It's just like, it's totally just completely these 
I don't know. It sucks. Like the, of course it's what these movies are at this point, but it's just like, here's the basic story of this book. You know, there's like no, and I've complained about this before, but it's getting worse. There's like no room for character moments. There's no room for anyone to breathe. It's just like, you have four scenes in this movie in there because they move the plot forward. Uh, the best we can do is Sirius is going to talk to Harry about his mural for a little bit. And then uh, we're going to move on. And it's like, okay, fine. But there are, I think there's, I mean, there's definitely more nice character moments in this one than, uh, whatchamacallit, Goblet of Fire, because there's not a tournament happening. Like, I think the serious stuff is really nice. And I think, like, the moment where Hermione's talking about Cho and they all have a little giggle uh, <laughs> is nice. Like, I, I think there's more stuff in here that's, like, nice along the way. Yeah, I suppose I just don't care about it, I guess, maybe is the, the thing. I don't care about yeah. where Harry Potter goes. I care about where it starts, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because uh, I think really it's because it just feels cyclical. It's like, you know, this has already happened. It's happening again. Harry's going to stop it because Lord of the Rings. It's just like, I don't care about anything that happens at a certain point because uh Everyone dies in the last book is maybe my problem. It's just like nothing of any consequence happens and then everybody dies at the end and then Harry names his children stupidly. I really wish. Yeah, I guess we're just fully not talking about this movie anymore. But like I was thinking about that and like I think that the Horcruxes are a cool video game structure <laughs> like they are a cool video game structure like you just gotta go get all the bosses and stuff yep. but i think it is like a really nice way to revisit certain parts of the story and like i think does a good job of tying together the like harry voldemort connection and everything sure. but i absolutely do not need the battle at hogwarts like they yeah, Stupid. If it could have just been like the like the I showdown. love the confrontation of them in the forest. Yeah. And st like all of that is so 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 good. I do not need a giant battle at the end. And yeah. I say like do you think that's because they knew they were making it, them into movies? See, like that feels like a movie yeah. plot not a book plot. Right. Well, the Horcrux is really interesting to me because you can just watch JK Rowling painting herself into a corner as it goes where all of a sudden it's like well, Ron had to learn partial yeah, yeah, time yeah. from you so that he could go into the Chamber of Secrets again. But and I do don't think that's thing. in the book. I could be wrong, but I think that's, that's totally how they, in the books. Mm, is it in the book? 100%. I guarantee she you. She should have done a better job with that. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just doesn't make any sense. It's like this. Yeah. It, especially that late in the game to just be like, well, there's like seven of these things and you have to go destroy. It's like, give me one per book. No, we'll do. No, I disagree with that. Like, I like, like, I, I, I don't know. I think it works really well as a structural device for the last book. And like, I don't, again, they are starting in the second to last one, right? Like they're, that's where he's, know. he learns from Dumbledore and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Cause he's wearing the ring and blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely gets like lazy in the, how do we figure all this out at the end? Stuff. Yeah. That's why I like that first last movie yeah. so much because it doesn't have any of that crap it's just like bad things happening it's like, ooh, I, like god i can't wait to watch that movie like I, when i watched the reunion <laughs> special stuff and there were clips from it yeah there were so many things that i'd forgotten like i mostly think about the, the forest village. stuff i guess because that's probably my favorite but 
there's all this stuff like when they're wandering around London coming from the wedding and like Hermione's got the red dress on and stuff yeah. like there's so much cool weird stuff along the way. Dude, they break into the Ministry of Magic. They're all yeah, like, that's fun too. and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. That. There's some of that in this one. Well, they don't break in, but you get like the thing I hate where it's like, what? If, and this is something we'll talk about with another movie. What, what if it was like a bureaucracy? This amazing thing. Wouldn't that be fun if it was boring and mundane? Pixar. <laughs> I kind of. We talked about this before with um, I I because I was I think I know what you're referencing and like, <laughs> yeah. I think I like that stuff. <laughs> I know Kara, it's fine. A lot of people we seem talked to about like that it. with Miyazaki too, right? Like it's yeah. spirited away. Yeah. yeah, totally. Like it's a business. It's run like a business. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's like your stupid life, but it's magical and extreme. Yeah, I mean, like it, it because now I'm just starting to think about afterlife. But like with Harry Potter, it makes sense. It's a government. Like it's I don't know. That's like it's cute. I don't like. Yeah, they're just making a government that like has a cool building and orbs and stuff. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but it's like fun. Yeah. Like that's. I wish there was more of that. I guess where it's just like. This is nonsensical because it's obviously referencing this real life thing. It's just like. Yeah, right. But then like combine that with like this room full of prophecies and they don't even explain it in the movie at all. You're just supposed to like know what's happening. But I still don't know what's happening where there's just all these orbs and then they're like playing catch with an orb. And I'm like, is this yeah, over do yet? They not, I'm trying to remember now. Like in the movie, they don't talk about like the Neville stuff, right? With the prophecy. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. that's so weird that like absolutely just toss five minutes at that so that you like, people right. know what's going on because like, i i sort of remember what all that was about not really like yeah that was a error for sure yeah well i just I, at this point i feel like a parent watching these movies where i'm just like huh, well if the kids like it i don't know it's passing <laughs> the time i can follow along I guess yeah. Snape's trying to read his mind or something, but then he reads Snape's mind. That's kind of crazy. Whatever. That'll pay off. That's good stuff, though. We love the James as a jerk stuff. That's awesome. No, I don't care. I, don't I care. like that a lot. Okay. Well, that's Harry good Potter. Good casting of that guy, too, where like, he looks like <laughs> the older James, but he looks like such a jerk. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's pretty cool. I don't know. I'd hang out with yeah. him. <laughs> Beat up on goth kids. Tears for Fears fans. <laughs> We love Tears for Fears. <laughs> Dude, I was listening to Tears for Fears today, and they're really good. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. What is it, Head Over Heels? That's a great song. Yeah. Okay. Cara, I don't remember what the movie that wasn't Afterlife that we were supposed to watch was. I don't Uh-oh. either. Okay. I know I watched it. Okay. I After- think I watched it. Life. Uh, well, okay, yeah, we can do Afterlife really quick. Okay. Really quick? Well, now I'm trying to think of what the other one is, but yes, Uh-oh. okay, Afterlife. Okay, I'll you introduce Afterlife. I'll figure out what movie we watched. Okay, so the gist of Afterlife uh-huh, is um, the after, rescue is the other one we were supposed to watch. What is the other one? The rescue. Kids in the cave. Oh God, that was forever. Ago. <laughs> Afterlife car. Afterlife. Okay, so the gist of Afterlife is once you die. Yeah. You go to a place where people help you 
decide on your like favorite or best memory mm-hmm. and then they make that memory into a movie that you get to watch before you go away and forget everything. That's right. That's correct, but also like washed over me and I had a really hard time understanding what you were talking about. <laughs> it's like purgatory, right? It's like a facility that is purgatory basically and you have died you're in like transit to passing on. But everything I think like, and this is maybe where we might be on other or different sides of this same coin or something. Like one of my favorite things about this movie, aside from like all of the emotional stuff is like how normal it is. Like Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. loved this vision of, I both loved and was terrified by this vision of the afterlife being reality or basically like it's people in like a sort of decrepit building just hanging out for a week talking to people sort of like you're at summer camp but it's all like or it's mostly old people and then they make a movie in the most practical way with like not a budget or anything they're just like bringing together some various props that they have um and (laughs) and it's like uh, the people working there are like trying their best but are constantly complicated by their own feelings about their lives and the people that they're meeting and everything like it it's just so normal and i like i've never really thought about the afterlife being something like that like it is really scary like the one of the first things that i thought when i was watching it is like if I have to be cold after I'm dead, like, I'm going to just lose my mind. Like, the idea of having to walk in snow once you've died is, like, so awful. Or you have, like, the hiccups. <laughs> just, like, that would anything suck. like that. But then, kind of after that, it becomes extremely charming. Like, their kind of crappy rooms and stuff just seem nice, I guess. Sure, Car. sure. Yeah. Um... I I kind of hate this movie and I'm very frustrated by it. <laughs> okay. Uh I hate this view of the afterlife. Uh it's been a while since I watched this car, but there are these residual memories that I have that kind of are just like scabs that I really hmm. don't care for. Um I mean it's the bureaucracy thing. Yeah. Not a fan in general. Soul. 2020 um this vision of like like the best thing you can do because the concept is like you have to come up with your favorite memory right that you're going to take with you and that Mm -hmm. is done through these kind of consultations with the staff of this facility and it's just it struck me as so narcissistic. Like that's the best because it's, it's point. It's like portrayed as like this good thing. Like, Oh, I'm going to come up with my favorite memory and take me with me. But everything is just like the view of like positivity. There's like, I'm going to sit with someone who doesn't really care and talk about myself for a week. And it's like, that's awesome. Oh, that's so heartwarming and beautiful. And it's just like, when I die, I don't want to sit there and talk. And the thing that really frustrates me is that they kind of acknowledge that because they have these characters or one character in particular who embodies what I'm talking about, where it's like, what's the point of that? That's a waste of time. Like, why, why do this? What is the point of this process? But that isn't, <laughs> they don't really 
he doesn't win over anything. It's just like he's kind of treated as like a pariah while everyone's having their like, oh, my God, I'm in a plane again moment, which is supposed to be like this really heartwarming. And it is in some ways like I understand the craft and I understand the emotions that are coming out of that scene. But I could not get on board at all with like the what this movie, I think, was trying to portray or like how it was portraying it. It just seemed like the best we can do is talk about ourselves. And then the thing that frustrated me so much, and maybe I misunderstood this or something, but there's this young girl who's died and she's like, Oh, I love Disneyland. And then the person working there is like, no, that sucks. Substitute this memory, which is just as pat and like generic and cliche and she's like, oh, my God, thank you for saving me from this other memory that I associated with positive feelings. And it's like, what is the point of any of this? It was so like, I don't know. It was frustrating. Like that is not at all how I view, you know, looking back on your life. It was foreign to me. I don't know. So I don't really like I don't have as much of an answer for the second part. I think there is something to be said about like. Disneyland and like those types of things are things that are marketed to us as that's what happy is. And like, I think there is value to deconstructing that. And like, if that's still your happiest memory, that's fine. But like, it might be worth thinking about like, you know, times that are devoid of some corporate monster pushing a product at you or something. But Carly. Uh-huh. I see what you're saying, but. In this example, it's totally a different corporation pushing a different memory on this person. It's not, I mean, it's not a corporation. It's a corporation. They have like a logo and like these memory films brought to you by. And then it's got like some generic like branded logo at the beginning. Like the, the I guess what it, maybe what I'm trying to say is like it's not like selling you something like it's trying to it give is. you something. They brand the memories that they're filming. It's totally Yeah, branded. but we it's don't like, have a sense of, like, what that means, I guess. I know, that's why it's so frustrating, because, like, is that a commentary on something? It it never... Maybe. It never stakes that claim. It's, like, so wishy-washy so I guess, like, with it, Yeah, I think... So, I think, to get to your, like, a larger point, I think one of the interesting things, or one of, like, the more interesting things about this movie is exactly what you're talking about, which is, like, I think... I don't know. We're both from the Midwest. Like the idea of like talking yeah. about yourself in that way is like, it always does feel like it's just like rude or selfish or something. And it's, I think it's cool that like the assumption of this is these people are here because the, like they're, they're giving you the opportunity to do that. And like, it's actually not a bad thing to do that. Like it is a nice thing to talk about things that make you happy and that shouldn't be a burden onto other people. And like when this is the last opportunity for you to do that, because after this, you'll never remember any of this stuff again, like, you know, take it and revel in it. And like, they should ask you questions about like, I mean, they're essentially therapy sessions, right? Like it's people asking you probing questions to better understand you to help you highlight something that's nice. And like, yeah, I think like there's, I don't know, there's so much value in the ways that different characters respond to that prompt. Like they don't all, a lot of them are really ready to talk about it right away. I think especially like, you know, some of the maybe older people who have more 
time to have thought of this and like anticipate their own mortality and stuff. And then like the younger girl who like who just has this stuff at the ready because, you know, it's all right there and she hasn't been like beaten out of her or something like (laughs) it. So so I think like there's so much value and complexity to that. And then I think I don't know, like I I'm sure there is a ton of stuff to break down about like the fact that it to your point is some version of a company or at least a structured service that's being provided by one or maybe like several different competitors or something. But like, regardless, it is just like, Oh, we're going to do this one thing. And like, maybe it's because it's the only thing that can be done or whatever. But like the end goal is to help people, find what made them happy in that lifetime and like through that they discover so much about themselves and like there are different architects archetypes of people which is one of my favorite parts is like the guy who's just talking about having sex with all these women and stuff and he's just like slowly uncovering that he's like a real person with real emotions and like they talk about how they've confronted that exact type of person a bunch of different times and like i don't know i just think there's so much interesting stuff in there and that's all before you get to the last chunk, which I found very emotional, which is just like, you know, let's make these people happy by making these movies about them and incorporating them in it. And like, I, I that that's by far my favorite part, I think, not just because it's like emotional and nice, but like. Because as they're filming them, it it can't be the same as what they experienced, right? Like, when they're teaching a little girl to dance, she doesn't seem to be doing a very good job or anything, but it's (laughs) just like... This is how I remember it. Yeah, but this, this woman is given an opportunity to, like, or she's given permission to relish in something nice she remembers and like i don't think that's a bad thing i think that's nice and like we should probably give each other more permission to do that more often and that seems to be like so much of what this movie is about yeah or i don't know (laughs) i just think you could totally read that the other way though where it's like this company forces you to think about your life in a very specific way and then steals all your other memories from you. Like there's no, there's no context given to like why any of this happens. It's just like pick one so we can film it and then you're going to disappear and you won't remember anything else. And it's like, this is evil. This is like horrible what you're doing. It is terrifying. Like I, I like, I, I think the main way it freaked me out is like, if I was asked that and I didn't, completely understand like i wasn't given all of the questions and answers that you just mentioned like my first thing is like what if they do a really bad job like i was like thinking about like some of my favorite memories it's like oh they couldn't possibly capture that they're gonna screw it up and i'm gonna be stuck with this and it's my one chance like there's a lot of like terror around it um and i think like i don't know either that's supposed to be there or <laughs> i'm extra paranoid or whatever but yeah. like I, I, for me that ends up being like an interesting angle more than a detractor sure sure uh man i don't know and then like just all the interpersonal like work stuff didn't do anything for me but that's kind of besides the point at some point like they could have ended when they show the movies and i would have been fine i didn't need like the 
behind the scenes drama happening because it didn't seem very pertinent. I yeah, guess. I'm kind of with you. I liked the subplot of the young guy who has the connection with the older guy. Like yep. that was really interesting, but I didn't I agree. I didn't need the like between the worker stuff as much. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like fun. It's like a fun concept, but it's not like like I like the guy who like makes the moon. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. What's going on with that? Yeah. Guy? I like when they're doing the marching band music. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Give me more of that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it, it, this is a very, like, aesthetically interesting, and uh, it's a great concept. Uh, I was just not into the... <laughs> it was like trying to hand me something, and I was like, no, I'm not really... I'm good. <laughs> I don't want this, but thank you. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Kara, I don't want to... I don't really care to talk about the rescue too much unless you have stuff you want to talk about. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm good. Huh. It was I feel fine. like I watched that. Yeah, it was like um it was like exactly what it should have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad that this pair of filmmakers made it and not like some worst documentary group like i think it's a very well made documentary and like uh, i you know i found the personalities of the divers like very very interesting like yeah especially towards the end when it's the doctor who is helping them put the kids under before their rescue like what a scenario yeah the intensity around that and like the honesty and oh gosh the now i'm sort of remembering the moment a little bit before they get to like here's how you know we could anesthetize these kids and stuff like when things are looking really really bad and there's the monsoon and everything and the one guy admits like yeah i gave up and that's like one of the most shameful things in my life like that level of honesty and I don't know, exploring that I thought was like really, really interesting and moving. And I think they portray it really well with all the, um, the recreation stuff is pretty incredible. I would say in mm-hmm. this movie. as far as putting you in that mindset and that space so that you can understand what these people are going through and what they're talking about. It's intense. Yeah. And I think it does a good job of like constantly reminding you that, like the divers are human and not yeah. immune to emotion. Like I thought the section where they're talk like there's sort of these religious elements that come in and one of the divers just like being kind of a jerk about these kids religion. And he has to like get over his own crap and like yeah. just realize that it's not, that's not up to him. And like, he needs to just go with the flow or whatever. Like, it, huh. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. It like examines some of that stuff pretty well i think yeah it was way more interesting than I, th- I thought it was just gonna be well it's an interesting scenario i guess which is yeah. a bunch of kids get trapped in a cave and monsoon season is happening and i mean it, it was a thing that happened i don't know i'm just describing yeah. history but just for some context and uh they do enough to kind of it felt like a lot of the extra stuff was kind of tossed off but it was just enough for me to get some context of what was going on. And then obviously the meat of it is just the actual rescue. So um, 
it didn't feel disjointed or anything. It was just like, oh, okay, they think this mountain is a lady. And that's like, yeah, interesting. It really doesn't contribute to my understanding of them drugging children and then dragging them through water or whatever. But yeah, it helps. I don't know. Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's like the part where... What is it? They're yeah, they're rescuing that group of workers who they didn't even know were missing. Right, that's, that's craziness. They, yeah, like way before they um, have figured out the drugging or anything, and it's like that's what teaches them that they can't do this again. But it's like the right. people flailing underwater. Right, and that's the easy. One. That's the most terrifying thing I've yeah. ever heard. Like, <laughs> God. Yeah. God bless everyone. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. Like, I remember this, obviously, but I really only remember, what is it, that, like, one guy who helped create a pump and Elon Musk, like, it, right. that's about all I knew about it while it was happening. Right. And he's not in it, which is a godsend. No, thank God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really liked it. It's just didn't really, like, change my life or anything. It was just a really good documentary, I thought. Really bad closing credit song. Yes. Yeah. I love a really good, bad closing credits. <laughs> yeah. This one really, like, it's different when it's like a, like, silly drama movie or something. Yeah. This felt a little, <laughs> like, a little distasteful. These maybe. are real people and stuff, and, like, people died. <laughs> I don't know. Can't we do a little uh, better? I, I don't no, know. No, we can't. Get yeah, the, when Marnie was their person or whatever that movie was. <laughs> Uh, yeah those are there's some commonality there yes car what else is going on dude um so i have a non-movie that i want to talk about absolutely um yellow jackets yeah i don't know what that is car but you keep talking about it do i keep talking (laughs) no not really you have mentioned it before though what is yellow jackets so yellow jackets is a tv series on Hmm. showtime Limited, which is a real bummer because I want everyone in the world to watch Yellow Jackets, but not many people. I never will. (laughs) (laughs) Yellow Jackets is, um, so I'll I'll explain it through the like conception of it, which was, uh, I guess a feat maybe like five to seven years ago, there was an idea thrown around to make a movie. About Lord of the Flies, but girls. Um, and there was like the most stupid, like <laughs> internet, you. like Twitter discussion around it, which was like, actually, girls would be like civilized if this happened. It would not be a conch shell, you see. <laughs> yeah, which was cool. They wouldn't have killed the boar. <laughs> but so, like, these creators were like, oh, you know, there's some interesting stuff going on there. So, <laughs> Yellow Jackets is about a team of uh, girls going to high school girls going to the national soccer championships in Seattle or something, and they're playing crashes in the California wilderness. Hmm. Not California, sorry, Canada. Hmm. Um, and you are it's revealed to you right off the bat that they form um, cannibal cults in the wilderness and oh. they're there for an extremely long time. Oh. Um like 19 months. Um Okay. So you get that and then you jump forward to 
about four of them um like 30 years later or 20 years later something like that 25 ish years later played by like all of everyone's favorite 90s actresses so melanie linsky christina ricci um juliet lewis just like everyone that everyone wants to see and it's like them sort of navigating normal life combined with their the uh haunting nature of their past and it's like it's sort of like Lost. It like there's a lot of they I think get a lot of inspiration from Lost and like go a lot to Lost. But it's also just like really good sort of networky network e feeling TV. Like it's not super <laughs> like prestige or something. Like it's just like yeah. it's really, really nice. Like they're Aww. they are pushing the boundaries in some ways and like it gets like hyper violent in areas, but it there's so much just like nice drama and funny moments between some of our favorite actresses it's like i binged it so fast and i loved truly every single second of it and there's so many little mysteries and so much fun like christina ricci is like the best character she plays uh her teenage self is the team manager and she's like you know she doesn't really fit in she's not athletic but on the island becomes sort of like their um like medical person she's like taking some babysitting courses and stuff so she like finds a role for herself and then in the future she's become a like true crime uh enthusiast so she's just like on message boards and stuff like she's so fun and wacky and like i don't know i love all of the characters both in the present and flashback to the 90s so 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 much it's like an extremely fun tv show and i had a lovely lovely time with it are you fortifying rice in the background there Car? no okay isn't either okay how's the soundtrack Really good. Okay. Uh, it's just like very, very good select because the um, older part of the plot is like 96 or something. Um, and both from my opinion and I guess people who know 90s music better, they're, it's just they're choosing some really good stuff and fun stuff to hear. Hmm. 96 is not evocative to me at all of any type of anything, but it's like I'm I don't sure know. it would make it's sense. It's all the me. stuff you'd expect. Yeah. Nirvana. And they do a good job of like making it the songs that like teenage girls would want to. Like it's not just like I think feeding what I guess, you know, music critics would like. Like it seems like they're picking stuff that these girls would have actually enjoyed and wanted to hear. I'm into that. I'm into that. Yeah. Um how like what's the ratio between uh, them being in a forest and eating each other and like I'm on a true crime message board is it like it this predominantly takes place now and we're flashing back occasionally or is it like split so it sort of varies episode to episode mm-hmm. I want to say it's like two thirds modern one third mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canadian wilderness do you ever go on Google Maps and just look at like remote places no i don't i do canada's yeah. crazy car it's huge it's and there's like nothing in it yeah Ugh. 
creeps me well, out. Well, yeah, sometimes. that's part of it is like, you know, why does it take people so long to find them? Like, is it conceivable right. that they would actually be out there for 19 months without, and Canada is like so big and vast that no one would be able to find them? Or like, is there other stuff going on? Ooh. Which is like sort of the lost element. Like, there's like the show. Is it supernatural? It's still. It, uh, yeah, that's the question. Like at end uh, of season one, you're left with the question of, uh, and they're playing the, the the entire season is like, is it supernatural or are these girls sort of losing? Their can minds? we trust them? Are they losing their minds, and are they trying to come up with reasons for why they ate each other? Right. Yeah. Well, they had to blow up the hatch, you see, but it didn't go as yeah. planned. Which segues into the next topic, which is I think oh. I'm finally going to do my last rewatch. Nice. Yeah. What, the Feels whole right. thing? I don't know. I watched the pilot like two nights ago and I was like. You can I stop love this there. Connor. <laughs> so that's what I've done like truly 20 times in like the last <laughs> five years. That um, is like the best episode of the show, I would say. There's a few best episodes of the show. So, okay. like, I think the pilot definitely is one of them, but there's so many. And I just, I don't, like, I think Yellow Jackets really made me miss, like, non-HBO television. Okay. If that makes sense. It's kind of mean, but I get, I get what you're saying. I love my HBO television, but, like, I don't need it to be, like, I still want some popcorn, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Like, I still want it to be fun. Not an hour and, and not 20 minute episodes. constantly like brainy the entire time. Right. You know what yeah. I miss, Car, is when TV shows would come out once a week. Yeah, well, Jackets of, did. That's awesome. Yeah, but I binged it because I was slow on the uptake. But that's fine. I think they are returning to that. Like, that's becoming more and more common again. I, I need that in my life. I can't. It, it's crazy to me that. I would fall so easily if I was on social media into like, I need to watch all this right now so that I can express my opinions about it while yes. it's hot. I well, would hate honestly, that. the biggest problem is like spoiler culture is really tough. That's sort of sure. why, like, that's why I sort of plan to binge Yellow Jackets. I ended up doing it because I couldn't stop, but like, I just didn't want people to spoil stuff for me. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's just everywhere, especially when it's like a show that the internet likes. Right. I just, yes. Yeah. Don't go on the internet car. That's my solution to almost mm. every problem you could possibly I'm trying. Have. Yeah. I hear you. Hard. Uh, I have a TV show I've been watching. Ooh, that's different. Yeah. Um, I'd like to talk about Doctor Who real quick, but <laughs> um, not content wise. Okay. Because there's nothing to talk about. But uh, as with most things I like, Doctor Who is fascinating from a sort of uh, media consideration yeah. or like meta. Uh, back then, Carr, uh -huh. in the 60s and 70s, the BBC was like, we don't need these old episodes. So they would just tape over them. Wait, what? There are huge swaths of Doctor Who that no longer exist. Because they just didn't keep the tape. <laughs> okay, wait, number one. It's that old? Yeah, it was like black and white. Like I did not know that. Yes, ma'am. And that's really, really funny. And like, good. It's, it's fascinating. It completely broke me on like my completionist uh, yeah. needing to watch every episode. Because I can't. But yeah. 
then people have taken like, I could be wrong about this. Well, I mean, this phenomenon happens. I'm not sure exactly how it happens. But what I think is happening is people back then in like 1967 recorded the audio in their homes of the television show as it was airing. And now people have gone back and done like moving still images of the characters under or over that audio so that there is some oh. record of these plot lines so that people can still watch them. But when you're watching the episode, you're hearing the audio and it's just like black and white photos moving back and forth and like lip flapping type stuff going on. Do you think it eventually gets like the full, I don't know if this is a proper use of AI, but like the full AI treatment? Jesus. Where it's just like Second Life, just like 3D models of like old yeah. Doctor Who people going on. Doctor, we yes. need to get that would be awesome. It's going to happen someday. Yes. Yeah. I don't want that necessarily. No, um, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, this is a show that is so obsessed with its own history and like regurgitating yeah. stuff because I don't know how much you know about Doctor Who, but uh, I don't. Um, the main character, Doctor Who, every time he dies, he regenerates as a different actor. I think I knew that. Yeah. Is that like a function of the plot? Like, does the universe know that they're different people? Yes, totally. Okay. Um, and then you get a fun, every time it happens, there's like a fun episode where it's just like, thank God I don't look like that anymore. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. But it That's was, uh, I think it was just because the first time it happened, the main actor was having health issues and they had to replace him. And they just came up with a dumb sci-fi reason to do that. Oh, interesting. Um, I think I'm going to stop watching it now and... I just wanted to get current with the new Who, which started in like 2006, I think. And then that's like its own series. So I'm not going to do what that. What do you though. mean? Um, there were like 28 seasons or something of Doctor Who. And then they, it like stopped. And then they brought it back in like 2006. And they're like, this is Was the new season. Matt Smith? Matt Smith is the third new oh, Doctor. Geez. Wow. There's uh, David Tennant right before him, and then uh, Eccleston, something Eccleston before him. And then Peter Capaldi. I don't know who Peter Capaldi is. He's awesome. And now it's a lady. Yeah. And the show seems like it's not doing well, but (laughs) we'll figure that out for ourselves. Um, Yeah, I don't know. There was like one really good episode. I don't know. It's like old, ancient sci-fi, British, no-budget television. Mm. Yeah. That has a lot of charm, but it's very repetitive and kind of not that great. Yeah. What else have you been watching, Car? Um, okay. I watched The Novice, which we'll talk about in our final discussion. But will we? Here. We will. Because <laughs> I nominated <laughs> for something. Not probably for top ten, not to give uh, that way. Um, or most canonical, sorry. Um <laughs> Right. Yeah, I really, really like this movie a lot. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time I've seen some, like, thoughts and feelings expressed that are, like, mm. my version of um, the Whiplash story or, like, a version of that I can relate to more, which is okay. just, like, I'm not <laughs> naturally good at this stuff. I'm really going to try really, 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 really hard and, like, going to have a complex about it sort of thing. And, like, it, sure. this character is taking it to the extreme. This is with Isabel Furman, who we love. 
<laughs> the orphan? Anyone? Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tournament of Champions. Well, spoiler alert. We already <laughs> talked about that, Carly. Please continue okay. with your rowing um, movie. So it's Isabel Furman, um, who is going to college and is trying out as a newbie for the college's rowing team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and instantly, like, goes too far with it. And, like, she's not a natural. And, like, you know, they already have a varsity team. This is more about, like, oh, have fun, learn a new skill. And, like, she just, like, <laughs> can't do that. Right. Um, and she, like, goes through, I don't know. It's just she's a very, very interesting character. And it's, a, like, a very stressful movie. And it's shot in a really, really stressful way. Like, it, it uses <laughs> it uses like the camera movements to sort of express i think what she's feeling and how she's perceiving the world in a really good way um and it get, like it takes it again very very far in the same vein as like a whiplash or something where it's like you know she's pushing herself to brutal extremes and like you know, you're seeing her relationships break down around it and stuff um, and she becomes like such an unlikable person because of it so quickly. Like mm. there's all of this stuff and like, I, it's just, she's so interesting. And like, she, I think one of my favorite components of it is she's really, really bad at socializing with her teammates. Mm-hmm. Like she's her and this other novice, which is what they're calling anyone who's like joining the sort of JV team. Um, her and this other novice are the two who are sort of up for a varsity spot. And the other girl is like just a completely normal person and like is good at it, is trying to get a scholarship and like knows how to be on a team with other people. And the way that the main character absolutely does not like it, seeing them bounce off each other and like react to their teammates is so interesting. And like, I just, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a character like this, like actually play out on screen. And I've certainly never seen like a young woman play that out in like a serious way. Like it's, it's fascinating. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's overall as a movie, I think it's like good. And I think the director is going to do really great stuff. I don't know that it's like a perfect movie by any means, but I just found the character study of it really, really interesting and like the lane that it chose. Like whiplash comparisons are good to give you a sense of what to expect, but it is fundamentally a completely different story uh, in a really interesting way. Okay, that's good because I found whiplash completely impossible to connect to in any way and didn't care for it. Yeah, whiplash is like that's something I can't relate to, which is like. I mean, Whiplash Whoa. is, like, about a, <laughs> being a savant, you know, and, like... It's a cartoon about being a... It's, like, a energy drink well, about see, being a savant. it's kind of impossible to say, because I don't know, like, 0.001% of people know what it's like to be a savant. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, there, it, not to just talk about Whiplash, but, like, he gets in a car accident and then he walks to the... Like, I don't think that's being a savant. I just think it was, like, a cartoonish... I, I don't like Whiplash. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I guess regardless, like, this is just a more, it's a story that I think, like, it reflects more of reality for okay. more people and stuff. And I don't know, that's, I think it's cool. It's good to hear, Car. Yeah. Because Whiplash, but more grounded, would be awesome. 
I just couldn't mm. deal with how extra it was. Well, and then there's like the other version of it, which is my favorite of the three, which is Black Swan. Of where course, it's like, we haven't even talked about it yet, Car. God, I love Black it. It hasn't been referenced. Um, um where it's like you know let's take the savant thing and let's push it so far beyond reality because it's a fantasy thriller and like that's awesome that's like best case scenario but also different black swan and whiplash are like opposite ends of the spectrum for me like black swan i'm just like completely on board with for whatever reason even though it's just as ridiculous as whiplash but it felt i mean it's more but it's it can be it's i don't know it's darren aronofsky and it's yeah a thriller like yeah she turns into a swan i hear <laughs> maybe the movie line i hear the most in my head yeah. is attack it attack it attack it when she's spinning around in the uh pure what's or whatever i don't know ballet lingo me too Kyra. me too <laughs> did All i tell you time. i started watching noah and then i stopped what i'm gonna finish it i just couldn't i was like a I was in a mood to watch a long movie. Yeah. And then I discovered halfway through, I was not in a mood to watch a long movie. So I'm going to return the golems or whatever. Like the rock monster dudes were awesome. Yeah. Noah's such a cool movie. I don't know. Something about it speaks to me as a non-religious person. I think, I mean, that seemed like part of it. Cause then I was like, did I miss some stuff about the Bible? (laughs) (laughs) But seems like he really did what he wanted with it, which I think is cool. Hell yeah. Uh, sometimes I worry that like I need to like dopamine cycle or something because I just don't want to watch movies, but I feel like I should. You know? What do you mean? Like sometimes I just feel like I should watch a movie, but I don't really anticipate getting enjoyment out of it. But I just feel like it's something I should do. That's kind of what the mood I was in. Uh, that's not the right way to structure that sentence. That's how I felt watching Noah. Yeah. I hate yeah. that though. Yeah. Because then what am I going to, like, if I'm not in the mood to watch a movie, I'm not in the mood to read a book. So it's like, okay, what do I do? Clean my house or something? I don't know. Right. Jog in place for 45 minutes. (laughs) Look at Bruce for two hours. (laughs) Unbundle all your socks and then bundle them with other socks and then put them away. Yeah. That's what I do. like that. Yeah. Car! Mm Mm-hmm. Can I talk about movie? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't want to talk about identity too much, but I just want to say how weird it was because um, it's this semi-obscure thriller from like 2003. And then I was like, so I watched it, right? Identity. Mm-hmm. It was fine. It was good. I liked it until the end. And then uh, we went to Red Eye. Uh, mm-hmm. Parents took us out. And Maki, she just starts talking about identity. And I'm like, what the hell oh, is seriously? going on? Yeah, she had just watched it like a week or two ago. And I'm like, how did we both end up on this like movie identity? It's so weird. I don't know. That's crazy. Ma has a habit of doing that where we'll talk about some like movie that no one would ever watch. And she's like, yeah, I just watched that last week. And I was like, what is going on? How? Well, that was like a her her being the one to suggest that we watch The Net, a movie, and no one has thought of it. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's a long time. Yeah. That's weird because for the first 28 years of my life, I feel like all she watched was Rear Window. And it turns out she like watches movies all the time and it's like yeah. weird stuff from the 90s or whatever. Um, it's fun. But the movie I want to talk about are the movies. Um, dude, Tony Scott. Tony Scott? Mm. Tony Scott, dude. So 
I'm not really with you, but I'm okay. with you on Denzel. Yes, Denzel's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I watched Deja Vu and I absolutely loved it. So then I watched yeah, Deja Vu. Freaking rocks! <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. There's so much crazy stuff that happens. Yeah. I'm just like, you can do this in a movie. Yeah. You can do this in a like mainstream blockbuster action movie. We used to be able to. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, like yeah. Edge of Tomorrow had some crazy stuff going on. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then I watched the taking of Pelham One Two Three, which I also very much enjoyed. And I was like, dang, Tony Scott knew how to make movies. And then I learned that he had passed, and that was very sad. But okay, so maybe I do like Tony Scott. Like the one <laughs> I'm thinking of that I didn't like was Unstoppable, the train one. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I didn't like, but I so I saw both Pelham One Two Three and. Deja vu, like I think when they came out ish and loved them. Yeah. They're just like very streamlined. I don't know. I obviously I think they benefit a lot from Denzel being in them because he yeah. has so much charisma. And Travolta. <laughs> no, I like Travolta in that movie. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no problem with his performance. Uh yeah. I just think if you can be Tony Scott and just like rap like five movies around Denzel being very charismatic and like yeah. very competent this character that he plays, then it's just like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he rocks. He Like, he I I really think the most charming, I might have said this like 50 other times, but like yes. one of the most charming things you can be as an actor is bemused. Yes. And that's why he's so good. That's why Brad Pitt is so good. That's why Bruce Willis is so good because they're always <laughs> bemused about things and it's very charming. In Deja Vu, he's... he's he is there's totally scenes of him being bemused, but he also has this really like nice, like kind of like on edge quality that I really yeah. like where he's just kind of like laughing too hard at people's jokes. And then it's like uncomfortable yeah. for a split second. I'm like, yeah, it's good. Dude, deja vu is so good. Is it like how does he I like sort of remember this movie. So it's like yeah. he he's saving a lady, right? Yeah. How does he get to her? Or, like, how... What does that look like? Things happen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to spoil it, I guess, because it's so oh, okay. crazy to... There's yeah. the part with the pen light, though, which just blew my mind. Oh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm okay. so on board with this movie right now. Yeah. And then the helmet that can see. And then <laughs> they have to do the car chase with the helmet. In the past. Oh, my God. Deja Vu is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I want to go watch it right now. Uh, we should make a list of movies that play with time and stuff in fun ways. Primer. Yeah. I think about Primer probably once a week just because I like <laughs> it's it so much. Crazy. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, good. All right, what else is going on? Um, I also watched the new Scream movie. Yes, Matthew Lillard. Which was really, really fun. Okay. No, um, so I've only I checked. What? He's in it. He's like a bit part or like a a, a voice of something or something. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Um, so I've only seen the first one, and like I didn't remember it all that well. Um, so it's a little bit lost. But this is like a super fun movie, and like I, <laughs> I think one of the confusing things for me is like i knew that all of them were meta and about themselves and stuff and right. like this one is so far down that path oh, like i love it, that 
Yeah, it was really, really, and like so funny, like uh, so much funny stuff about the horror genre. Like, I, whenever this comes out in a way that you can watch it at home, like we need to just record what one of the char- how one of the characters defines prestige horror, and that use that as our definition because it's awesome. And they're like, yeah, they're like talking about. So much of this movie is like teens being into prestige horror and not like schlocky horror. Okay. Which is so funny and like, I don't know, just done in like a really fun and silly way. Um, And then like some really good kills, which I'm guessing is also part of the scream genre and like hilarious and great entrances by our favorite characters. Like the way that Courtney Cox enters the movie is like, the shot from behind where I think she just like got out of like a news van or something. And it's like, she's wearing an all red suit and her hair is like flowing behind. Like, it's just like, they really care about these characters because the audience really cares about the characters. And I I had such a fun time. It was really great. That sounds awesome. But what if you haven't seen any scream movies? Mm -hmm. Have you not? Mm -mm. Really? Mm Mm-mm. I mean, definitely do, right? And this means right up your alley. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know, it's silly, fun. But can I jump into this one, I'm, I guess I'm asking? Or is it like, I should go watch the other ones? Or at least the so there one. were a couple things where, like, I I didn't pick up on that. I think I was both, my brain was stupid at that moment, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I also mm-hmm. didn't remember enough. I would just watch the first one, I guess. And I, I yeah. feel like that would get you there. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. It sounds awesome from what you're describing, Car. I have to tell you. Yeah, it's like I, I, and like uh, I was very, very happy because one of the um, teens is one of the Yellow Jackets teens, which really what? hyped me up. Yeah, dude, is Yellow Jackets eligible? No. What? I know. Oh my I god. I checked. It's like. A, they're going to do a bunch of seasons, I think. There's no uh, way it's like counted as a limited series, which good. Like, I'm glad they're not playing the trick that every single first season in HBO is doing. But right. yeah, it means it's not eligible. Bummer. Because 2022 could have been year of the letter. Yellow jackets, letter jackets. Archie <laughs> comics. <laughs> Carly. Yes. Did you also watch Malignant? I did watch Malignant. Can you please take me through your emotional journey of Malignant and see if it matches my own? So, <laughs> this movie's crazy. I don't. Oof. Okay, so I, I think I told you, like, I watched the first five minutes before, which is when they're in the hospital and, like, things have gone wrong. Right. And bounced off. Like, like not my thing. It, the Too vibes cheesy. were not right. I wanted, yep. like,. I basically wanted a colder James Wan movie. Okay. Okay. Versus like a, oh, I'm accepting that this is off the wall James Wan movie, which I I guess I'll shout out really quick. I watched Ouija something evil. I don't know. That sounds awesome, Car. I would love to watch Ouija something evil. (laughs) I haven't seen the first one. This one was really, really fun. I really, really enjoyed it. Fun period piece in like the 70s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some good scary stuff. I like. I don't know. It's worth it. And like one of the better uh, James Wan ones, in my opinion, outside of Saw. Um. Anyways, so like I don't know. The first chunk is weird, where it's like you're watching this lady be beat up by her uh, husband, and yeah. things are sad. Right. Um. And then as soon as we start seeing the monster, yeah, 
Things are great. I love yeah. to watch this monster wear a trench coat and yep. have its yep. limbs sort yep. of backwards. Yep. No, I exactly love right. that. That's exactly right. And I love to see its little trophy sword <laughs> that it welds. I love that. <laughs> yeah. After that, once it like sort of becomes a music video, thirty-three percent a saw movie. Yeah. I'm done, which it kind of is like it's you're done in a good way or you're done like I don't want to watch. I'm done in a good way. Like I'm on board. I don't need anything else from this. I'm all set to go. Like it's, you know, this figure running around, killing people one by one, crawling on the walls and all sorts of stupid Yep. And then once it gets like really, really stupid, then it's like we're flying so high. I'm enjoying everything in my entire life. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was incredibly, incredibly fun. Okay, I'm glad to hear you say that because I thought the exact same thing. And it's good to enjoy yeah. movies. And, like, I was pretty out on the main actress's performance for the first chunk in, like, an understandable way where I was like, oh, she's just, you know, whatever. Yeah, horror movie. The stuff she's doing well. in the second half is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't want to give anything away. Um, yeah. But I think that she does a really fun job with this and like i right. hope that she had fun as well because she should i think everybody had fun making this movie it seemed like yeah uh and i totally love just to bring it back to the saw thing there's like a shot they're like in an alley for like 10 seconds and it just looks straight out of a saw movie and i was like yeah i'm home, I'm home. i missed it Thank you, James Wan. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think I heard you say music video, and like so much yeah. of this movie is just a music video. Yeah, so is Saw, though. Saw was just yeah, like exactly. a corny it's, music that's video. That's exactly it. That's the common thread, is like <laughs> bad early 2000s music video. I love it. New metal, just like yeah. breaking bottles. I love it. Yes. Malignant is a good movie, I think. It's a really fun movie. He should do more of this, right? Like, I don't Absolutely. need him having like brooding lady i guess this is brooding lady in a big house but you know without all the other fun stuff like i get why people like the conjuring stuff uh it's not my favorite but this i love yeah god i like horror when it's not scary so i I, okay i like i think the worst thing is to make a horror movie that's supposed to be scary that's not scary so like that's why conjuring doesn't work for me because i don't think it's scary yeah, it's silly. But this knows it's not scary. No, like, or at least scary, like scary in, in that way. Yeah. yeah. It, at the same time, there's some really interesting kind of like iconography that I would associate with like a scary movie where it's like the kind of like dream where it's like all rainy. Just there's like sequences in this in this movie that I think would fit right into like a good scary horror movie. And then it's able to counter, counterbalance that with just nonsense good nonsense yeah throwing yeah especially at the beginning it feels way more like a normal not the very beginning but when she's in the house for the first chunk feels like a normal scary movie that's so crazy there's so much whiplash there where it's like this insane like c tier horror opening Mm -hmm. it's just nonsensical and like kind of off-putting i would say yeah because you don't know at that point what's going on and then just to like slam right into like James Wan insidious style, quiet, kind of like boring horror movie was like, 
that's the lowest point of the movie for me just because i was yeah. like what is this movie i don't understand what tone we're going for here and then yeah. it finds it yes i love Molina. more like i want to say practical effects but you yeah. know what like more i want more stunt work <laughs> stunt work and like <laughs> brawling not like that too, but like I want the concepts of things to be like tactile, if that yeah. makes sense. Right. Conjuring is totally not that, and that's why I don't like the conjuring Mm-mm. very much, where it's just like, this is a creepy boudoir. And it's like, okay, right. whatever. Yeah. I guess don't go in that room then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. they do. They do. Carly. Mm-hmm. Speaking of don't go in that room. I watched Cure. I know. Okay. We don't have to talk about that. I would no, watch Shutter Island. No, no. Uh, <laughs> this is a bad duo for me. Um, Hit them both. Okay. I was just, you had hyped up Cure, and I can see where you're coming from. And you didn't like super overhype it or anything, but you were like, I can see where, you know, like this probably went into Hereditary at some point. Like, mm-hmm. And I can see where you're coming from. I understand it. Um, Cure did not do anything for me. It was, uh, I, I, not to spoil anything. It's not too big of a spoil. I think, uh, hypnosis as a plot device is one of my least favorite things you could possibly do because it's nonsense. I like, so when I saw your letterbox review, I did some self-reflection and it was like, does hypnosis work for me? Like, I don't know. It certainly works for me in this movie. Like, okay. I love the terror that surrounds the idea of like getting in a room with someone, them not touching you, but yeah. them ruining your life. Like that okay. is so scary. And like when you're there's those like, you know, middle sequences where you get where a guy is going into a room and you're watching some tricks play out. Right. And there's nothing people can do to stop it. And like yeah. the visual language of that, I think is so like expert and scary, but mm-hmm. I also understand that like, if you're out on it, you're out on it. You'd like, mm, a, yeah. yeah. Well, it's not even just that I'm out on it. Um, and I'd like to draw a comparison here to hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's my problem with hypnosis Hereditary is people dealing with things, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what it makes it effective because they're dealing with the worst things imaginable. Mm-hmm. When you introduce hypnosis, you're not dealing with anything because you no longer have agency. You're just like, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, and it, it gets into like stupid, like is this real, which I hate also. Cause it's like, okay, you're just going to play tricks on me for the rest of the movie. That's fun. Like, I guess that wasn't real. You know, like, I just, uh, I hate that crap. But, uh, but that's it. They do that all the time in Hereditary, too. But they, it's coming from a place of relative, like, agency, I guess. Like, Tony Collette may not, like, when she's the gasoline or whatever. Mm-hmm. That happened or will happen or I forget exactly how that all worked out, but. That wasn't like someone injecting her mind with thoughts. That was like her dealing yeah. with something in a in yeah. a way. Uh, this is just like, and like th- for the first like half hour, I was way into the rhythm of this movie mm. because it is hypnotic. But uh, there's a lot of 
like the one where uh the first one where you meet the guy and it's they meet him on the beach and then he takes him home mm-hmm. that's so creepy and like it reminded yeah. me of like burning or something where there's this very uneasy kind of like this rhythm that you can't really get a grasp on like it's but it you has know internal, it's not right yeah like the movie yeah. seems to make sense to itself but you can't really broach it it's like oh i don't know where this is going this could go anywhere um but then they repeat that scene like over and over and by the second half of the movie it's just like they're dealing with what like stuff i associate with like j-horror where it's like we need to like this needs to be tied to some sort of history and lineage and we need to examine that and like figure that out and it's like i don't care because no, mm. you don't even <laughs> like Again, not to spoil anything, but it doesn't actually end up mattering so much in the end what's happening. But they spend the whole second half of the movie like examining it. Like he's got to go to the guy's house and like two minutes of him looking at the titles of books. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like I understand what is happening here. We don't need to like, unless there's some like societal thing going on in 90s Tokyo where that would be like way more impactful. But here it just seems like chalky or something. I really, really, really like the like idea. Like, I love the oh, this comes from like a weird psychological practice stuff, and like you can't do it all the though. time, but it's, it does. But it's not real. I don't know. Like, it's just. But like, it is, I mean, it's like real in this world. It, like, <laughs> right. you know, and <laughs> there are people on Earth who would say it's real in our world. Um, okay sure but regardless like i that i think that fits in the category of like extremely terrifying stuff to me where it's like same as ghosties where it's like i don't in my mind believe this is a real thing and like i know it's not and like this is even more outside of that where it's like i i really don't believe that hypnosis is real but like the what if around it is so terrifying to me. Like if that was yeah. real, I would just end it all right now. Um, I don't like, yeah, that's a very scary concept to me. And I like yeah. the, Oh, this is baked in some sort of history around weirdos figuring this stuff out. I guess so. But uh, I would, I would have liked this movie a lot more if they had just not explained it. Yeah. Because the the idea of like them people unrelated to each other committing the exact same crime and having no uh, recollection of it really or having a recollection of it even which is even scarier but they're like they can't explain it that's an excellent <laughs> concept for a movie yeah. and then they're like and now we're going to explain what's happening and it's like don't do that that's the worst thing you could do I don't need to know. Like, wring some more horror out of this before we get into, like, you know, people talking to each other about it. Yeah, I get, like, so the, like, murder murder stuff hardly ever scares me, I think. Yeah. So, like, I'm happy to get away from that, I guess. Like, I, if I want to be scared, I don't just want it to be about, like, serial killers or some version of that. That's not what this is, though. Yeah, but you Even know what I mean? Like, the... I, I'm ready to jump to su- Supernatural as quickly as possible, I guess. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I think you could have come up with a better Supernatural explanation for 
what's going on. I don't but. know. Like I, I guess it, I, I really have to think. It, I, I don't. I can't think of another hypnosis movie I've seen. Yeah, and like that's probably good because yeah, I think if it's not done well, especially like then you're just in like terrible territory. But you're just like I not was, telling a story anymore. You're just like yeah, I was happen. really really jazzed to see like a a visualization of this that I thought was cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The way it's portrayed is incredible. Yeah. I just thought the way it impacts the storytelling was like, I don't like this. Yeah. It's kind of an awesome last shot, though, I must say. Well, now I don't. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Very yeah. cool. Uh, same with Shutter Island car. <laughs> if there's a part of Shutter Island I like, it's the last minute of the movie. Uh I need you to please watch the first five minutes of this movie and just revel in the editing. Because it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Is this where they're on the boat? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it looks terrible oh, absolutely. to start. <laughs> And then it's just like cross cutting and just like Leo's hand is on the rail. And then it's not. And I don't know if that's supposed to be like, that's the point. If it is, it sucks. (laughs) I'm sure it is supposed to be the point. That sounds exactly right. Yeah. It's edited badly on purpose. Yeah. To tell our two and a half hour twist story. I have gone on a journey with this movie. Okay. Which is... I saw it, loved it. Yep, yeah, yeah. I took in some, you know, <laughs> some some literature. fair criticism. Okay. And I was like, bad movie. I'm fully background. I think this is a really fun movie. It's not. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. Yeah. It it is I can't square that car. It's not a fun movie. Maybe it's a fun concept. It's a fun idea. But it's really boring and like nothing happens until the end type of thing. I get there's something great that feels like a gift about the idea of like <laughs> Ruffalo and DiCaprio in the worst being acting. on an island when things are stormy and like asking questions like it. That's that's a potion. That's that's a. A balm for all yeah, of exactly. the world's weariness. <laughs> okay. Hey, if you want it, it's there. Shutter Island 2010. It's on Netflix. Have I expressed to you that, like, it, one of the worst feelings I've ever had ever <laughs> is, Go on. Um, for some reason, I saw this, like, a lot around the time it came out. I feel like this was, like, perfect for my age group and sure. maybe like friend group being like, oh, here's a serious movie that like we can talk Finally. about. Like, yeah. Uh, and so it was like on a lot. And one time yeah. I fell asleep in my friend's basement at a sleepover and woke up, you know, when you're like in and out of consciousness uh-huh. to like all of the terrible stuff. Okay. At like 3 a.m. And it wasn't like I'm scared. It was like. These images feel bad to me. <laughs> like I, I don't want this anymore. Like I and I think about it a lot. Like it really was not a nice feeling. That's okay, Car. That's yeah. how I felt the whole time. <laughs> Drifting in and out of consciousness, 
<laughs> bad imagery on the screen. Sleepover. Sleepover. <laughs> Being a young woman, it was all yeah. contained in my watching of Shutter Island. What made you pick it up? Um, it was the number two. What I do is I go to Letterbox and I go to films available on my services. And then it spits out a list with the most popular at the top. And the most popular is Blade Runner 20 something something. And that movie's eight hours long. And I'm not going to watch that. So I was like, what's next? (laughs) Shutter Island. Yeah. So Shutter Island won over Blade Runner 2. Jerry Leto. I will watch it someday, Car, but today is not the day. I actually want to watch the first one again before I watch it, but I do plan to watch it at some point. I don't like the That's first fun. one. Yeah. Carla, you see a turtle on its back. You don't flip it over. Why don't you flip it over? I haven't seen the first one. Okay. Um, I feel like we're... Uh, what else you got going on, Car? Um, so I have... Uh, Parallel Mothers, I do want to talk about. Oh, of course. Hit me. Of course, of course, of course. Good poster. Good poster. Really good poster. Also, depending on what how Letterboxd handles this, okay. we may have a repeat huh? debating posters where one mm. is one that you like and the other is a nipple mm. poster. <laughs> because mm. there absolutely is a nipple poster for Parallel Mothers. Okay, um, but the... But- you make me sound like a prude or something. I don't care that Benedetta has a nipple on it. I just think it sucks as a poster. Carly. We'll see how this year shakes out. Okay. It's young. Um, this year is young. This year is young. Um, so this is Pedro Almodovar's newest movie. Of course. Um, the large or like overreaching plot is... These two women in sort of very different places in their lives um, are both pregnant and go on to experience motherhood in very different ways. Set against the other plot of um, Penelope Cruz, who's our main character, uh, her like great grandparents, grandparents or great grandparents. Um, and a bunch of people in the town or village or whatever that she grew up in were murdered during the Spanish Civil War. Jesus. And their bodies are buried in a location that, like, the town is aware of and has been trying to get money together or, like, resources together in order to um, dig it up and have a proper burial for their loved ones. Um, so Penelope Cruz, like, befriends an anthropologist and, you know, over the course of the movie, there's these two plots sort of happening simultaneously and they start to intersect in really interesting ways. Hmm. Um, super, 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 super love this movie. Uh, I think Pedro Almodovar is one of the more, like... I'm trying to think of the right word. It is inspiring, but not like in like it, it's one of the most inspired or he's one of the most inspiring filmmakers to me in different ways. Like not in like a, I want to be that thing, but in a I find his characters so like I just want to know them so bad. Mm-hmm. And like the Penelope Cruz's character in this reminded me a lot of 
um, the main woman in um, All About My Mother, like just the idea of a person who's like going through a lot, (laughs) has so many unique relationships and such a like unique support system around her and is like, you know, honest, but complex. Like I just his characters are so, so, so interesting to me. And I think it's really, really fun that like a one of our most like prestigious directors gets to just do melodrama. True. Like it would love if more people like got away with doing that because I think that's yeah. great. Like, you know, push push all of this the farthest you can. And like there's so many plots in this and subplots that are absolutely melodrama. And I think like, you know, we've all accepted it and it's great <laughs> and it's super interesting and it makes people deal with things that like hardly anyone has ever had to deal with ever uh and all of the characters are so beautiful that like you just i want to see how they play out and then there is the i love all of the aesthetics of everything (laughs) like the entire time i was like oh every bruce stop it um the entire time i was like every single thing that the two main characters wear could be nominated for Best you can't do that, Kai. We can't do that. I can't. would love to. You're going to have to narrow it down somewhat. <laughs> Again, the year is young. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, everything looks amazing, and the apartments always look amazing, and it's so bright and colorful, and, like, it makes me realize, like, I, there's just, like, his design... His eye for design and the way he incorporates it is really interesting. Like, I got deep in the emote of our world after watching this. And, like, there's a really good YouTube video about the kitchens in his movies and, like, how they're either, like, modernist, which is reflecting something about the character or paying more attention to the past. You're, like, they're taking on different... um, styles of whatever region in spain it like i there's just so much thought put into all of this and like it registers in a really nice way with me um and then like i this movie this one like tracked for me a lot easier than the other two of his i've seen where i was just fully engaged the entire time and then somewhere around halfway through it became like the most intense movie ever Ooh. like edge of my seat like i i don't know and like the other people in the theater with me were like people were like no like, I don't know. like it was just like the sword yeah <laughs> i i had a really really lovely time with this movie and it makes me want to watch like all of his movies um yeah yeah i don't know He's he has awesome. an interesting uh like i've looked on letterboxd just it's an interesting filmography to just kind of thumb through and be like, yeah. oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, that sounds interesting. Even Which they is all what kind of you seem... get if you just let yourself, like, you know, really do stuff. Like, yeah. it's good to have realist stuff, but it's also fun to not have realist stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I've we only love seen... moms. Right. I've only seen the moms one that we watched, I yeah. think, but... I could I I get what you're I I I think I get it. Yeah. Maybe. I like melodrama. Yeah. It's fun. I miss it. <sighs> is there like a big what would you say is like the melodrama of like the last five years? Ooh. No TV shows. Ah, I was gonna say big little eyes. No TV shows. No TV shows. 
I mean, Jesus Christ, Bruce. Like, it could be... I don't think this is my answer. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Okay. Like, Hereditary arguably could be, right? Like, tragedy upon tragedy upon tragedy. (laughs) But it feels weird when it's, like, pitted against all this other stuff. It's just, it seems like Hereditary is, like, the nexus point where all of movies come from. And I don't think that's true. But it sure feels that way sometimes. I think it's, like, true for us. I don't know if it's true for... Yeah. Like, Gone Girl is basically a melodrama. I don't know when that came out, Yeah, that's true. That feels less... Like, I love Gone Girl so, so, so much. That feels like it's not trying to be... It's more thriller-ish. It's thriller, and I think it's, like... Like, there's a... I, I don't know what I'm trying to express, but, like... Maybe less intentionality or something behind. Hmm. Like, it's trying to make us believe that this woman would do this. Right. Not in the movie so much as in the book. I guess we were talking about the movie, but. We love the movie and not the book. Yeah, the movie is good because it makes it feel like a, like, fairy tale gone wrong or something. Right. David Fincher brings you another fairy tale gone wrong from the director of Fight Club. I'm going to think about the melodrama question and come back to you. Okay, thank you. Do you have any other movies you've watched that you'd like to talk about? Um, I saw The Conversation. I'll go really quick on this one. I love Uh, The Conversation. Yeah, it was awesome. I was super, super jazzed to see it. Um, They like, I think there's a reprint that's like going around to different cities and stuff. Um, It was great. I like, it was so obviously it's going to be good. This was my first Coppola, which Mm -hmm. is weird. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously it's going to be good because it's like, classic but it was so different than what i thought it was gonna be i thought it was gonna be like political intrigue or something and like government agencies and stuff and it's it's i mean like i'm also i guess i can't really spoil this maybe but (laughs) like it's totally not it's it's like a character so much more fun because it's like privatized and stuff like because it's maybe ickier depending on how you're looking at it like it's just like it's like going to conventions yeah and like so much like that entire opening chunk where it's so cool i'm recording it and then him playing it back again and again and again and messing with the knobs and stuff was so cool and then the entire chunk when they go to the conference and then go back to the studio and are having like their weird night and the guy is zooming around on a uh, moped and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, really good. That's gotta be my favorite like theme from a movie. That soundtrack is so good. Oh yeah. Oh my god. More piano only scores, please. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the conversation. That's an amazing movie. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't Very seen it in a long time though. <laughs> Enemy of the state, Tony Scott, same movie, but with Will Smith. <laughs> Check it out. I won't pick that as my movie. Don't worry. Um, But you don't have any others? I could talk about a couple more and then I'd be fine rapping. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) How dare you? No, we can bounce back. Uh, No, it's okay. Finally watch Saving Private Ryan. (laughs) Uh, We love Tom Hanks, obviously. Um, Yes. It's definitely one of those movies where it's like, I can see the influence of this movie on every other movie that's ever been made. Yes. And it makes it kind of hard to go back to it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe Crystal. Go ahead. It's so like built. Yeah. Up. But it's a movie. 
I was talking yes. about this with Kristen. I was having trouble expressing why I didn't love it so much because she loved it. And I was like, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. But it just feels so just like Spielberg going through his book on how to make a movie and just like making mm-hmm. a movie. That's a really good movie. You know, it's mm-hmm. well made. It hits the beats you would want it to hit. You know, there's emotional moments. It looks incredible mm-hmm. in certain spots. Um, so many actors showing up for like five minutes of screen time. And it's like, oh, my God, Paul Giamatti's in this movie. What's going on? Uh, Vin just, Diesel. Vin Diesel, which was yeah. like, we basically high-fived. I don't think we actually did. But as soon as he <laughs> showed up, we were like, oh, my God. This is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, I just fell off of it. And by the end, it's like Marvel movie ending where it's like, okay, now we have our big moment. And it goes on for way too long. Mm. And doesn't really make any sense, and there's not really an emotional payoff for it, and then the movie's over. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of war movies either, but I mentioned, you know what movie I really like? 1917. And then we we watched 1917 again. I saw that you rewatched it. (laughs) I freaking love 1917. God, I could watch the movie every day, I think. I just... uh, I'm just so blown away by the the craftsmanship of it. It's just, uh, and that's not the same as it telling a great story or, you know, hitting the emotions or anything, but uh, it works for me in that way. Yeah. It feels, because I was reading, uh, Paul had recommended The Things They Carried, oh, which I read. Okay. I don't know if you're. I haven't, but I know the. Okay. Which is a book basically about how war stories aren't real, but they are real. They're real to the people who tell them. They're a way for people who have lived through something that no one can understand to kind of portray that. And that's what I think 1917 is. Uh, The ways it kind of compresses, it kind of gently compresses like time and space Mm -hmm. to sort of tell this A to B to C story in a way that's immediately understandable it just works so much better. Whereas Saving Private Ryan is like, you know, here's half an hour of people getting blown up by machine guns. And it's like, in the context of this movie, that's fine. It makes sense. But 1917 is just constantly moving. It's just constantly getting to the next thing. Yeah. It's like a freight train. And I I much prefer that because it's constantly showing how horrible and beautiful war can be in a way. And uh, yeah. the cinematography is just impeccable in that movie and i could look at it forever did you get anything different from it the second time um no <laughs> i don't know there's no i don't think there's really a deeper understanding to be gotten from it you know yeah. um you can kind of see things coming up but i don't think it's like a it's not like a shutter island situation where like oh <laughs> he's gonna die it's not like that so much, uh, yeah. but just as like an experience to sit through, I think it's just awesome. Yeah. Roger Deeks. Oh my God. Mm. We love you. Um, real quick. I really recommend you watch all light everywhere car. Uh, it, yeah, I probably will before we chat. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you'll love it as much as I do, but uh, it is definitely like every year I have a documentary that just kind of like, knocks me over for a couple of days and that was this was yeah. totally it this time um it's gonna be such a bummer right what the movie all light everywhere yeah no i don't think so oh really 
it is, it is describing something in our society that is very broken and bad. Yeah. But it is not like doom saying. It is not like we're doomed. Sorry. Okay. It's kind of taking okay. this very like fractured view of something. And there's this really awesome scene where, <clears throat> I mean, there's not much to spoil because it's a documentary, but yeah. basically this guy who owns a surveillance company goes and he is going into the community of Baltimore, I believe. And he's having these meetings with just people. And he's like, here's what I want to do. I want to fly a plane over Baltimore that's constantly taking pictures. Hmm. So it's like Google Earth, but it like constantly updated. And he's like, I think this is going to be good for your community for these reasons. And then there are people there who are like, no, and here's why. And it's this really enlightening conversation. And within the context of the movie, there's a lot of things going on. A lot of ideas kind of bouncing around inside this thing. And it's just the way it's positioned in this movie is so amazing to me. Um, in the kind of the greater context and the kind of the come down after that meeting is really fascinating. Hmm. This movie is basically a series of the event where someone says something where they brush up against self-awareness, but they never quite get there, which is always fascinating to me. And it just happens yeah. over and over in this movie. And it's so scary and good and interesting. And the style of it is incredible also. So I love it. I'll check her out. Okay. You'll be like, Meh. I don't think the I meeting think scene was that I know great. it's going to take a spot from me. What? In a top 10. It's not my pick. Oh, okay. It's not my lock. Okay. It or never is, it? is, though. It's just someone that Michael ends up uh, being the... <laughs> right. <laughs> the arbiter or whatever. I'm just here for the conversation, man. I don't care about the list. I do care about the list. I have to care yeah, about the list. Of course. <laughs> but I'm just here for the conversation. Yeah. I'm just here to, you know, bounce ideas around. You know, get a yeah. feel for the room type of thing. That's all I'm here for, Car. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Car, what else? Leader. Uh, I just want to mention one more thing, which is I am. Please. hmm. So Euphoria season two. Okay. I have never felt so like confused about my own feelings about pizza media. (laughs) Like I love, love, love Euphoria season one. I think it's like awesome. I think it's like truly like it's. I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. And I think there's like so much value in it. And it's very interesting. The characters are very interesting. And then there's so many different. I think part of it is like the cultural consumption around it. There's like 5,000 different reads on it. And like whether it's good, whether it's the best thing in the world or it's the worst thing in the world or it's toxic or it's fine. Like I, there's so many different thoughts around it. And I'm like trying to process my own thoughts on it. And like, I think where I've sort of ended is like, there's really cool things about it, but I don't know if it's a good TV show. And then I was thinking like, is this season actually worse than the last season and i think what might have happened is malcolm and marie i think malcolm and marie might have messed up euphoria for me where the first season like every time something was troubling to me or something i 
I trusted Sam Levinson enough where it's like, okay, I think like this is there's intentionality and like reason and all of this stuff behind this. Now I don't like what well, I feel like once you lose trust in like a filmmaker or something, it's like Oof. you start like their decisions and stuff. It's like I don't think all of this is actually working together. And like it, the more I found out about it, the like the you know the the why of Euphoria and stuff. It's like sort of another Malcolm Marie situation where. It's partially inspired by his own life, but he's injecting all of this other stuff into it. And, like, for that reason, it takes on all of this other weird stuff. Like, and I I can't tell if that's the same for other people, too. Like, that's why, maybe that's why a lot of this is coming up. But, like, it is a very interesting experience watching this or this season of the show where I'm just, like, constantly evaluating it in my mind, which is, like, not the most fun way to experience TV, I guess. But awful, car. Yeah, the, oof. I don't know. I like need to read. I like simultaneously want to read like everything piece on this and none of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, there's value. If you can bring enjoyment out of reading think pieces about it, wouldn't that be a net positive? I just, it's like a really frustrating when, and this is like a me problem, not oh, other people problem, not but like it's problem. frustrating. When I just can't find the right answer, like I want mm. someone to tell me what the right answer is, and then I can relax. And until oh, then, fair. it's just like <laughs> I can tell you. What's your question? Um, is this good or bad? Um, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. And I think it is like okay. I will make it about the world now, and now it's not my problem. There okay. is. It's totally also the problem of like. People are reacting to things too quickly and we need to like think before we yeah. react immediately. Like I like I I I I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel understand. like it's breaking me. Yeah. Um is there something about this show that makes it more in tune with that than other shows? I think it's just so watched, especially mm. by people on social media. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I, and this is something, like, I have to watch it when it airs because every single tweet is about Euphoria. Yeah. So, it's like, I, if I don't watch it now, I'll just see it all on my timeline, which is my fault for looking at it. Sure. But, yeah. Um, I, okay, I don't have social media, but enough of it trickles down to me that I still get apprehensive about any, everything. Yeah. If something looks God, cool sucks. and it's coming out, I'm like, oh, I wish this was coming out 20 years ago yeah. when I could just experience it and I didn't have to like hear about how people are angry about it or something. I wish people would just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like it's Pills on a the lot windows. of things I'm so fine with shutting out. Like if I'm comfortable, in my opinion, I I don't care all that much unless like there's yeah. something like troubling beneath the surface or whatever. But like this, I think I'm just so wishy washy in how I feel about it. That like every yeah. new take I read, I'm like, Oh, they're right. And oh, then it's like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, I don't like this. You're right. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, it's AD such a toxic. Club. I don't know. It feels like all, like all of these things that are wrong with the world right now are like coming together for me. in Euphoria. Mm. Season two. Yeah. Boy, I don't know, Car. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I experienced this very much with The Matrix. 
uh, as oh. has been well documented, where it's just like, I don't want to watch this because this is coming out now, and this is not the environment for this movie. Yeah. And luckily, I uh, didn't have to look at any of that. Yeah. Uh, but the other, okay, one more, like, gripe. <laughs> like, this is one of the things that makes me nervous about it, is, like, it feels like, and there's, like, some, there's a lot of reporting around this, that a lot of how this season was built out is in reaction to reactions to the first season which is that's kind of cool it can be cool like i think there are times when like people do that and it actually is this feel he this gets back to the okay. malcolm marie stuff okay he We're feels like Carly's he might head. be sort of a small person in that he can't take criticism because he made an entire movie about how he hates a specific critic jesus that movie so is i don't know yeah yeah Malcolm and Marie is one of the most fascinatingly like wrong-headed things I think I've seen yes. in a long time. Which like now I'm like is Euphoria the other most wrong-headed thing? I don't. That know. sucks so car because you love the first season. I love the first season. That's a real bummer. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm still open to liking and like yeah. the last episode I thought was like there's like objectively some amazing stuff happening. Like yeah. definitely the way it looks. Some of the subplots are like really interesting and like emotional and all that stuff it's just like when i think about this as a piece of media and like a show and all the stuff it's doing like before i would have said both like this is one of my favorite shows of the last few years and it's one of the best shows of the last few years and now both of those things feel like so Bummer. yeah gone so i don't know this is also the problem with tv shows is it's like Oh, you like Twin Peaks season one? Here's Twin Peaks season two for you. Yeah. Maybe art shouldn't come out. But that one made more sense where it's like, right? Lynch wasn't like when there's a reason or something that you can point to. Yeah. It feels a little bit different, but this is the exact same group of people with more money. That never goes well. When has that ever gone well? Uh, There are good season twos. Uh, The Fleabag season two is like. Yeah. actually maybe my favorite thing in television ever hmm. i hear sense eight season two is good yeah that's true we gotta watch that at some point we do i have to watch all of doctor who first but then we can come back around <laughs> on sense eight yeah uh did you watch the middle of the last season of ozarks and then realize you screwed up and then started from the End of the third season or something, Car? I love Mom and Dad. Yes. Good stuff. Um, (laughs) Sensei guy, great in Ozark. Well, yeah. I assume he's great in everything. Yeah. It's like a strike. Like, I know that's what good actors do, but he is the absolute opposite character in this. And is excellent. Huh. I'm not going to watch Ozark. I love him so much. I know. Yeah. Ozark. Is it just Breaking Bad? Because in my mind, it's just Breaking Bad. And every time someone describes it, it's just Breaking Bad. So, no, this is like I've taken a firm stance on this now. I think that the Ozark, I think both like that framing of Ozark is false. And I think the framing of like, oh, it's a B version of that is also Mm -hmm. false. Mm -hmm. I think it's. It owes a lot to Breaking Bad because it got people interested in antiheroes and drug dealers in modern, like our age of television. Sure. 
and probably is the reason why a lot of people started it. But I, some thing I read was like the best. Uh, it like opened my mind about why the show is different and why it's great, which is like every single, every single group of characters and every single plot is about family. Like it's, we know the drug cartels family dynamics and that plays into how they work. We know like the warring heroin producers family dynamics and why that play like every single plot is a family and every single one is like how families are screwing with each other and ruining each other's lives and like theoretically that's what everyone's living for but they're just like murdering their own family members so it can't be like succession (laughs) I love succession Um, so like yeah I don't think it's Breaking Bad I think Breaking Bad is definitely better Um, but I think they are different shows I think I think Breaking Bad will not age well. That's my uh, Tucker's prediction of the week. (sighs) At least stylistically. I think stylistically it will. I think the world it sprung up around antiheroes is what's not aging well. Okay. Joker. I like House of Cards and blah, 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 blah. The real (laughs) antihero. Yeah. Uh, television's fun, car. Yeah. It makes people sad a lot, it seems like, but that's cool. Whatever. Not yellow jackets. No, not yet. Season two coming at you. I don't care. Give me season. We've heard two. you, we've care. listened. We we didn't like the storyline we had set out, so we have a new storyline. We went on the Reddit, we went on r slash Yellow Jackets, and you wanted to know what was going on, so here you go. And Funko Pops are in stores now. Yeah. Yellow Jackets, Funko Pops. Carl, what are we watching next time? House of Wax. Oh my god, thank you. (laughs) Jesus Christ, are you eating a donut? I was holding my pop screen in my mouth so that I could look up the movie that I'm trying to look up. But uh, okay. That is an excellent choice, Car. Thank you. I thought we could use a fun yes. horror thing. You're absolutely right. Uh, my choice, if I can find it. Shoot. What the hell? Hold on one sec. Car, have you seen To Die For? No. Starring Nicole Kidman? No. I would love to watch To Die For. Let me look at the little... The letterbox banner image is excellent for it, so... (laughs) Okay. Um, I just had to do the thing where you, like, exit ten different letterbox screens. Okay. That's okay. Oh, I would love to watch this. Okay, Great. Look at that little puppy. Oh, old child <laughs> yeah, or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cart, thanks for having this kind of like uh kind of jazzy, kind of free form. Ooh, I love jazz. Ooh, conversation. Ooh, jazz. At some point in the near future, we'll uh close the book on 2021 and boy, I'm I'm ready to close that book and put it on the shelf. <laughs> Let me tell you. Right. Huh. We don't like that year. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Always some pep in your step.
That's what's really great about this podcast is we just know how to balance each off each other, you know, like we're always just like, we have this good rapport where I'll say something and you'll say something clever back at me. And it's kind of like an improvisational tone instead of me saying something and you going, I don't know.